This is episode HTYC number 46. Please hold while your podcast hosts are reached. The average wait time for this podcast is 37 days, 43 weeks, 29 minutes, and 53 seconds. That's a long time. I don't know if I can wait that long. Your listening is very important to us. Please hold and the next available podcast host will take your call. Fun fact, Scott wears socks when he walks out to get the paper. No, I don't. I don't even get the paper. In his bathrobe. If I had a bathrobe, I'd probably do that. Fun fact number two. This is the same music that Mark was singing in a previous episode of Happened to Your Career. Nobody's going to get that, Mark. Here comes your podcast, host. This is Happened to Your Career, the show that is all about helping you move to work you love. We want you to do work that fits your unique and signature strengths. We will bring you inspiration, tools, and roadmaps to help you in your journey. I'm Scott Anthony Barlow with Mark Cedarcroft. Wiki wiki. Mr. Mark Zebracrop. What was that music at the beginning over the uh, episode number? What was that? <laughs> I felt like we were in an airplane. It's like, please fasten your seatbelts until the plane has come to a complete stop. <laughs> it was a little, little bass rumble. I like it. The yeah. captain has asked. Captain has asked that you remain seated until the plane has come to a complete stop. How's it going? It's going really good. How are you doing this morning? Super. You just got back from so Seattle good. late last night, huh? Yes, we were just talking about that. I yeah. uh, I got to wake up really early, drive to Seattle, work all day, and then drive back. Perfect. <laughs> it, was, it was wonderful. I'd recommend it to anybody. <laughs> Worth it. it. You know what it does for you? What's Here's that? one of the benefits. You sleep really well. You do you sleep get really well. <laughs> so if you need to sleep really well, wherever you are, get in your drive car, to Seattle. drive to Seattle, drive okay. back, try to avoid sleeping on the way over or right. back. But the key bottom. is you have to do it in one day. One day. So for some of you, this might be kind of a Smokey and the Bandit type trip. <laughs> <laughs> That's you, Mr. Florida. Eastbound and down. That, that, yeah, that's for you, Mr. Easley. And and David Ralph. I don't know if David Ralph is not in Florida. But, yeah. No, but I was just thinking it would be quite a trip for him as well. Yeah. So, we get to... <laughs> Speaking of discomfort, like... <laughs> you didn't even know it was appropriate, did you? <laughs> you're, just, you're just talking about driving to Seattle and 
Yeah. Everything else. But it actually has something to do with our episode today, doesn't it? What's that? What's because that? We, uh, we're going to talk about how you really can learn what you're great at and have the potential to be great at. Because this is, this is really kind of at the core of a lot of what we do. Um, yeah. We've discovered, I know this will be a shocker, that most people don't really have a clue at what they are great at or what they can be great at and what their what we call their signature strengths are. So we're going to talk about what on earth signature strengths actually are. And, and we did a little bit of that in, a, in another episode way back when. But then we're going to talk about, you know, how you actually learn that. Like, what are the, what are the realities? And we, it, we touched on some of the tactics, and I think we even touched on assessments and stuff like that in a past episode. Uh, but, and, and you can go back and listen to that. It's, it's titled Strengths. Yeah, but, but this one will be a lot more in-depth, you know, because we're going to learn about how to learn your strengths. And I Googled that, Scott. I didn't tell you this, but there are 77 million results, and we're going to go through not all of them, but about 55 million of them. So <laughs> get yourself a Perfect. snack, get yourself a sleeping bag, and, and get ready because, uh, you know, we're going to be here for the next 57 days, and we're going to get through them, and you're going to know exactly how to learn your strengths. It's going to feel like that Seattle trip. <laughs> Uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, if you're flying from London. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it, it, you know, we'll we'll talk about this as as we go along here. But, um, and I I've been thinking a lot about this because first of all, I get a lot of emails and questions, and you know, when doing coaching, when get on the phone with people, get on Skype with people, you know, a lot of a lot of the basis for um, advice that. You know, I end up giving really has to do with what people can be great at. So, t- said we're going to define what those signature strengths actually are, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, Mark, h- how would you define signature strengths? And this is something that uh, you know that we've made up and coined the term and, mm-hmm. and everything along those lines. So, you're probably not mm-hmm. going to find it on Wikipedia or anything like that. Uh, but you know what? What? How would you describe that? So I would describe a signature strength as something that you're really, really good at, but but the key is you like doing it too. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I think a lot of times we think of just strengths and we think of the things that we're good at, but we don't necessarily like doing. But those signature strengths are the things that you're good at, but you could also do for the next, uh, you know, 373 years and you would still like doing it. Yeah, does that make sense? Yes, because it I, does. I, there's several things I'm really good at that I don't like doing. I'm really good at making compost out of cow manure. Like, <laughs> I was the best one in the company I used to work at. Hated every minute of it. That is not one of my signature strengths. You were the. Was there like a ranking system? How did you? I was the I, only one. <laughs> so you were by default the best. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that was fed into by the fact that I was good at it, so they need anybody else to help with it. Um, but I envision yeah. like this leaderboard or something yeah, like is. that, yeah, where yeah. it's like, you know. here's your rankings, and right, it changes every like week. You know, there's sales. actually I, you don't I don't know if you knew this, but there's actually a fantasy league for compost makers, and, and I, I was the I was the number one draft pick every year, <laughs> every year. Every every year. Well, Tell you I had an injury in 2006, but besides that, <laughs> I was right up there. <laughs> so yeah, it's it, it, that's that's clearly not a signature strength. Yeah, yes. signature strengths are 
at the very core of some of the things that you're doing. It may even be only a, a piece of, of some of the things that you're doing. So, you know, with, uh, with cow manure and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know, there, there might've been pieces that of that job that you enjoyed, uh, but certainly there as a, us, yeah. as a whole, there wasn't, you know, what my favorite part was, what was that? Going home. <laughs> and I bet you were good at going home, too. I was really good at it. But it's still not a signature strength. Because signature Sorry. strengths are those those pieces and those things that, you know, when you do them, not only do you like them, but you know, when you when you think about them, they're they're the types of things that you lose track of time when you get into. When you get into that uh, that sort of flow state and you're getting to do this, whatever it is, you know, that's that's probably much more likely to be a signature strength. That's those things that you can potentially be the best in the world at. Yes. And I know we might lose a few folks there, right? <laughs> You're like, best, in the, best world? in the world? What is that crap? Yeah. You know, but that's, that's really true. I mean, you may not be right now. Mm-hmm. You may not have, uh, you know, mastery in a particular area there, but it's those things that fit with uh, you and your authentic self and your and your personality and, and sort of the way that you're made up uh, to the point where it, when developed, when that strength is developed over time and experience, you could literally be one of the best in the world at it. What do you think about that, Mark? Well... <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the things that's really important about signature strength is figuring out what they are. And I know that's, you know, Scott, you and I have had that conversation with a million different people is, okay, I know they're important. What are they? Yeah. So how do we fi- how do we figure that out? Well, I think that yeah, that that is kind of that is the question, isn't it? <laughs> it is the question. The only no, that's not the only question, but yeah, that's that's the big challenge I think that people have. They're like, okay, I know I need to work on my strengths. I know I got to do work that I love. Scott and Mark keep telling me that they've told us that for forty five episodes now. Well, but there's I, a, oh, go ahead. You, you told me that there's only like two ways. Yeah, there. As near as I can tell, you know, everything falls into these two ways in some capacity. Okay. In I think before we talk about those two ways, got to understand that you know. It, you know, even though we're having conversations all the time about, hey, how do I find it? A lot of people are in the place of, hey, I think I already know my strengths, so this isn't necessarily valuable. And, you know, I, quite frankly, for most people, disagree. Yeah. When I, when I talk to people about what they're really great at, most people are very surface level. Right. You know, if they're talking about... um I don't know. I was talking to somebody who does code, you know, in different types of development the other day. And you know, they're like, yeah, really, really like to do development. I'm really pretty good at it. Well, why are you good at it? And what, what I found out is that he really struggled in breaking it down. And, you know, we kind of got to, well, it's, it's kind of the creative process and the act of creating something. And it's like, okay, so why is that such a big thing for you? And it, and, you know, at first we couldn't really get beyond what that was. So most people, you know, are in one of those two places. Like you said, either they don't know what their mm-hmm. strengths are or they feel like they do, but have never really pushed the pushed the limits there. And, and I think the answer for either one of those, even though the second one isn't so much a question, mm-hmm. um, is you have to, in order to really understand what your strengths at and really understand the very finite specific pieces of what you can be amazing at and also what you enjoy 
And I think that's the implication for the signature strengths, like you said earlier, but you either have to have intentional or necessitated discomfort, or you have to be able to get feedback and be able to reflect on, on, on that feedback or some combination of both. Mm -hmm. And it works best, works best. Like if we're, you know, we did an episode on, on uh, 80, 20 rule and, you know, you can go back and listen to that, but the short version is yeah, 20, <laughs> 20% of things produce 80% of the results. And these, this is, you know, right up that alley, right up that category. These are the 20% that's going to produce 80% of the results that most people are not getting. And if you focus on just these two things, that intentional or necessitated discomfort, and then having that, that feedback and reflection. Um, well, those sound like a blast. Yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> that's Scott, we're not we're not gonna move a lot of product this way, Scott. I can tell you that. Hey, yeah. we want you to be uncomfortable and we want you to get feedback, which everybody just loves. This is, this is like the most negative connotation <laughs> reasons that you could come up with. So, so that's that's the reality. I mean, this is this is the honest truth. But like when we're going about there's, there's always, always a but there's always a but. Welcome when, to HTYC, where yeah, it's like a there's always a but. There's always a but. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is not typically how I approach it in in coaching, though, because that sounds really dismal, right? That sounds it's like, hey, you got to get real uncomfortable, and you got to go back and have a bunch of uncomfortable feedback, and then go spend a bunch of hard work really reflect, reflecting on that, right? So, hey, you just <laughs> you just go do that and let me know how it goes. That's right. That sounds Write terrible. Write me the check. Thanks for that. Good job. So here's here's a different way. What to do you think mean? About what do you oh. mean by uncomfort or discomfort? Becoming di whatever I hate it was to that use I said. Discomfort, man. It drives. I know. It's like throwing me. I on. know. I Intentional know. or nece necessitated dis. What do you mean by being uncomfortable? So that's what I'm trying to ask you right now. <laughs> the behind the scenes <laughs> is that you and I have been using the word uncomfortable, getting uncomfortable for like a year and a half. And then, and then you changed it. Yeah, one day after you decide that you're going to leave H two I C, I switch it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's I'm it. Changing everything. I've been. <laughs> I'm changing the the curtains. I'm changing what we have for breakfast, and I'm changing uncomfortable to discomfort. Yeah, but you know, I <laughs> intentional or necessitated uncomfort didn't or uncomfortable ability didn't make sense. <laughs> So here's what I actually mean by that. Um, intentional, and I guess maybe I'll, I'll tell you a story instead. So I like stories. Okay, why not then? <laughs> so, you know, and I've, I've talked a little bit about this in the past, but my first business, my first business was in the contracting industry, right? And we did, we did things like house painting and we did, you know, some uh, exterior remodels and mostly residential. And, you know, people people, the biggest thing in, in their lives that most people are going to purchase is their home, right? So they're a little, we'll say sensitive about it and they should right. be probably, right? If it's the largest asset they're going to have. Mm -hmm. And it, it, we, uh, <laughs> when I started out in this business, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I just flat out didn't know. I didn't know what it was to run a business. I, you know, knew a little bit about customer service, had no idea, you know, what what was going to necessarily happen and what I was going to go through and taking on the business and building the business, you know, that was intentional. That was mm -hmm. completely intentional. Um, the stuff that went along with it 
was necessitated discomfort. I, you know, building the business, I knew that there would be some uncomfortable aspects of it. And I knew that I would go through a bunch of discomfort and I knew that it would be expanding, you know, myself outside my comfort zone. But Mm -hmm. once I got employees and once I had, you know, customers saying, Hey, here's a, here's a couple thousand dollar check as a deposit, you know, here's a two, three, four, five, six thousand dollar check. Uh, now we expected to come back and actually do the, do the work and, you know, all this type of stuff. Then once I got to that discomfort part later, um, it was necessitated that I'd actually push through it because I had those people depending on me for paychecks. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I remember one situation in particular where this was, this is the biggest job I ever booked at in any particular time, um, in the first six months. And, and the guy gave me like a, I don't know, it was like a $6,000 check or something as a deposit. And nice. Yeah. So we eventually started the, started the job. And, and I was like 21, so <laughs> I'm like right. six, I've never seen a $6,000 check before. Um, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. So we started nice. the job. My cruiser over there, I get a call like two days into the job, and the guy is just livid. So I book it over there, and I get there, and like he doesn't let me get a word in. He's just yelling at me. just And, and he just had this, uh, <laughs> he just had, um, he just had a bicycle accident. So he had no front teeth. Oh, no. So he's just, nice. just a, imagine this guy with no front teeth, just yelling at you, <laughs> <laughs> screaming at you. Yeah, it was, it was scary <laughs> and it was disturbing, but you know, it was situations like that where quite frankly, you know, it, I would never have chosen to go through that. Right. But I ended right. up not only going through that, but discovering through that type of situation and, and others that I, I really actually enjoyed taking those really, really kind of, kind of terrible, highly emotional situations and then turning them around and getting a really, really productive output. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if I was, I don't know if I did necessarily that first time, but that's, that's something through that necessitated discomfort where I've got those people depending on me and, you know, these homeowners that expect a certain outcome that, you know, I, I went through that and came out on the other end, really understanding what it was that I can be great at. And just one of those, one of those things in particular is, is having those really highly uncomfortable conversations and turning those into something really, really positive and completely changing it to a productive output. So did you calm him down? Yeah, I almost started crying first. <laughs> and then I, I think I, I think I surprised him when I told him, like, are, are, are you in a good church? Actually, it sounded more like, are you in a good church? Or something like that. <laughs> it, was, it was weird. It was weird. And then he gave me his basketball hoop. <laughs> oh, well, it turned out okay, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, nice. I don't know. I think I gave him a bunch of his money back, too, but... <laughs> yeah, it was that the whole helps. the whole thing was weird, but oh, it helps. Well, you know, I think it with you, it, it directly correlated. You know, you did something uncomfortable, and you found out what you were good at because it's you know having uncomfortable conversations. But I think that's the case with all of us, though. You know, it might not be that that direct of a correlation. And I'm sure while you're having this, why this guy's screaming at you, you're not sitting there thinking, "Well, oh, I'm really good at this." Huh. <laughs> This must be my signature strength. No, it wasn't at all. And (laughs) to be clear, like that happened, that type of thing had to happen um, probably 50 to 100 other times before I really actually realized, oh, this is something that 
I'm kind of sort of good at. I would recommend you not being in the painting business. That's a <laughs> lot of messed up paint jobs. It was it wasn't all in the oh, it wasn't all in that oh, business. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> But you know you have these you know you get out of your comfort zone. I mean that's why we call it a comfort zone. Yeah. Because you know what happens within this little bubble. You know nothing surprises you. Nothing's new. Nothing's weird. Nothing's uncomfortable. But when you do that, you also don't learn what those strengths are. You know we we've had you know a million different. Well, okay, not a million, but several people on our podcast that have talked about that. You know I think of Dan Miller, Scott. You know when you talk to him and and how that was his big thing was you you need to try a lot of things. You need to try different things you need to have new experiences and that's how you're going to find work that you love and it's it's the same with the signature strengths you know you have to put yourself in positions you haven't been in before if you want to grow and you want to learn what your signature strengths are you know one of the things and 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 i know that that's what's going to happen people are going to listen to this episode they're going to say well i don't want to be uncomfortable are you kidding me that's not fun. I mean, we were talking to somebody, wasn't it, a couple weeks ago that they made a comment that, well, you know, I want to figure out what I want to do so then I can get back into just my normal routine. And I oh, think it was, was yeah. it me? It was uh, one of us that it was we, you, we I made think. the comment. It's like, yeah, you're never going to get back to normal. If you want the life that you really want, you're always going to be a little bit uncomfortable. Now you're going to get more comfortable with being uncomfortable which sounds funny, but it's true. You will. You'll get to the point where it's not a big deal anymore, but you'll always be a little bit uncomfortable and you'll always have to be pushing that. But uncomfort's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, when I when I read this, when I was reading over the notes before we started recording, Scott, I thought about that. And it's like, well, you know, you hear discomfort and everybody's like, oh, ugh, ugh, ugh. That, that doesn't sound like fun at all. <laughs> but, I mean, think about when you go someplace you've never gone before. Yeah. You know, think about, yeah. you know, um, it, I don't want to go to New York City because it's really uncomfortable for me. I'm from a tiny little, you know, Hickville, USA, and there's all of these unknowns. I don't know how, not necessarily that I'm scared, but it's just really uncomfortable because I'm like, okay, well, how do you do that with little kids? I mean, you're getting in cabs, you, you know, you're you're walking everywhere. You know, how how does that happen? And it's really, really uncomfortable, but I know, I know when I go, it'll be a great experience and it'll be a really fun experience, but it's that uncomfort. It's not necessarily a bad uncomfort. It's just uncomfortable and i think that's the way a lot of our you know the the uncomfort that you're talking about is too where it's it's not necessarily a bad thing you know you're you're not going to you know you're not risking life and limb you know um you probably won't be yelled at on somebody's you know front lawn because you screwed up their paint job but it will be uncomfortable it will be it will be weird maybe that's almost a better word i think you know weird different um and and that's what you have to do because that's where you find those things that's where you have those new experiences and then you can find out what your signature strengths really are and you might find out that you already know what it is but having other experiences really solidify that i know when i have experiences where i'm like yeah that's not what i want to do or that's not what my strength is it solidifies what i think my strengths are um, and that's part of it too. You know, that's part of that experience as well is, is figuring out what your strengths aren't because that helps you align and adjust and, and, uh, move closer to really knowing that something is your strength. So Lacey must want to go to New York. She does. She does. Well, well, I want to go back to upstate New York. That's where I serve my mission, but I, I don't have any desire to go to the city really. Although I do want to go see the tonight show. Well, Jimmy then hilarious. in order in order tonight show you're gonna have to get outside your comfort zone wait wait hold on boom (laughs) lesson (laughs) 
<laughs> I just I just need somebody that like knows what's going on there, so they can be like, here, come this way. Here, walk this New way. New York City walk guy. Walk this way. So, <laughs> if you happen to be in New York City, which we actually I haven't checked in a long time, but we used to have a t- uh, like California used to be our highest listened to state. Uh, New York City was like number three, I think. What's up, New York City? Or in New York City, the state of New York City. State of New York. New York. It's it's funny you should say that because because that's what that's what people in upstate think of. Yeah, they're their own place down there. (laughs) We're we're not part of the. No, that is not New York. (laughs) Kind of like we are with Seattle. You know what I mean? Everybody's just like, oh, right by Seattle. No, no, no. (laughs) We're in the desert. Totally different. (laughs) You know that whole idea of you know if we could just like cut the state in half. And have our own state over here. That's kind of the way New York feels about New York City, too. Yeah. I don't like that idea. Yeah, we kind of ruin our economy. Really. Hey, question, though. So Yes. Sorry. There's a you, talked about, you talked about, you know, keeping it weird, I guess. And it made yeah. me think of, it made me Portland. think of like uh, the, have you ever heard the, lo- the slogan, you know, for Austin, Texas? I think they started it, but keep Austin weird or, you know, Portland start, you know, Portland. Cut I was going to say, I thought that was a Portland and, thing, yeah. Uh, Austin was first, I'm pretty sure. Oh. So then Portland, you know, latched on, keep Bunch Portland weird. And yeah, so you almost need to like keep it weird. <laughs> I Portland guess. has accomplished it. I H-T-Y-C. don't know about Austin. Keep it weird. That's right. Yeah, Austin. No, Austin is the original. Is Austin weird too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that, you know, there's there's truth in that. There's like better life when it's not normal. And not normal is going to naturally keep it outside your comfort zone. Right? Right. Like those new experiences, because that's really what we're talking about. When we talk about intentional or necessitated discomfort, we're just talking about new experiences. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a better true. way to look at it. Um, it's a more stomachable way to look at it. Those experiences have to cause you some, either it's you know virtually none or a ton of discomfort, someplace in you're someplace on that scale in between. But you know, it's just it's just new experiences. So like the vacation right. that you're talking about. I mean, um, Liz and I went to Corsica a while back. Mm-hmm. This first time we've been to Europe. I mean, we went through France for a bit and. Yeah, we 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 don't speak French. We don't speak Italian. We don't speak Corsican, which apparently is like a different version of French. And yeah, none of that. So um, it was it was uncomfortable, but it's something that we intentionally wanted to do, and it's something right. that got us. Once we are there, we had some of that necessitated discomfort because otherwise we wouldn't have gotten home. Right. But I mean, that's just just another example. So I love your your New York example. But then, thank you. You know, that then the second part is the feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how, how which do you is another one of those, feedback? which is another one of those negative connotation things. Nobody likes feedback. Yeah, it, it does sometimes. I mean, there's a billion books out there. There's one, um, feedback is a gift. And I've honestly only read part of that one, but, uh, supposedly the rest of it's a good book. <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard, I, I but, but I, I love the title because I, I think that it is, you get to choose what to do with that feedback. It doesn't necessarily mean it's right. It doesn't necessarily mean it aligns with your values or anything else, but feedback truly is a gift. Well, you know, it, it's funny that you say that because I had that, I heard somebody say that the other day I was at a conference and they were talking about getting feedback from stakeholders in your business or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And the lady that was giving the the presentation said, she said, you know, and, and my boss at the time, I, I had a really hard time with that because I'm like, well, I don't want them like all up in our business basically and, you know, deciding what we're going to do. And she's like, my boss said, the great thing is 
you don't have to take it. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a good point. But, you know, in in this case, the feedback is necessary. It really, it's just helping you. That's the portion that helps you understand what you might have learned from that experience. Yeah. Um, you know, it's somebody else's perspective. And, and, um, the great thing is you don't necessarily, you don't really have to ask for it ever. People just give it to you. <laughs> but I think it works best though, you know, going back to the 80, 20 rule, I think it works yeah. best when you can essentially create, um, those experiences and then create feedback loops with reflection on a regular basis in order mm-hmm. to, in order to expand your knowledge and self-awareness. And mm-hmm. if you do that more and more and more, the way it works in reality is then you, then it gives you, you know, I'm going to say power cause I don't have a better word for it, but then it gives you power and puts you in much more control of, you know, we're talking about careers, but really mm-hmm. your life, because then you can start saying, wow, I don't really want to do these pieces. Because I'm right. not, I'm not great at them. What, what I can do is I can double down in these areas over here. And even if, even if you're in a job currently, I mean, this is, this is something I've done in, in my HR career is, uh, I have, I've literally built teams around, uh, the things that I am not as good at, mm-hmm. um, in order to, in order to complement, you know, <laughs> and fully leverage, you know, my skills and strengths. And then at the same time, um, you know, produce really, really high performing teams that are that are strong in all different areas because everybody's got slightly different strengths right and then i like my job a whole lot more because well i get to do and focus on the things that i'm good at and they get to take care of the other things that i am terrible at right Mm -hmm. yeah that's you know that's one of the the benefits of of giving good feedback and I, i think that feedback comes in a few different ways it might be actually somebody sitting down and saying hey you're really good at this um, but I would venture to guess that more yeah. often than not, it's going to be more of an indirect feedback. Um, you know, correct me if, if you disagree, but it seems like for me more often than not, you kind of have to piece it together. People might make comments like, oh, you're really good at bleh, or, you know, something like that. And, and so you have to kind of decipher, okay, well, what does that mean? My, my signature strength is, or they might say, Hey, thanks for doing that. Yeah. Or, Hey, you know you made that look easy or, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, they're not going to, they're not going to, most times the feedback isn't going to be, Hey, you know, I think that's really your signature strength, Scott, that, you know, I I, I saw the way you dealt with that guy screaming at you. And then I think that's your, you should do that more often, (laughs) which at that point you probably would have been like, uh, no, I don't want to, (laughs) but you know, it's kind of a, it's a puzzle or it's a, you know, it's a, it's a mystery. You have to find the clues. I think a lot of times, And, and you put that together with how you feel about it how you feel you you dealt with it and the outcome of whatever it was that happened and and you put all those pieces together and that's when you're gonna you're gonna get that that's how you get that feedback um the way i've experienced i think sometimes you might get people that say hey you know i really think that's something you're good at and you should keep doing that um but i think a lot of times that doesn't happen so don't start hoping that's going to happen well in a past episode too we talked about some other ways to get this type of feedback you know we talked about um different assessments like strength finders and passion test Mm -hmm. and mbti and and true colors and and all these other things there's a ton of stuff out there there's typically (laughs) sorry you're gonna be my background music we're doing it again we're doing it again today at work are you have to do it again again (laughs) yeah the whole company's doing it this Mm -hmm. time so i see so, yeah, I mean, there's all those different types of right. assessments and that can help 
speed up some of that that feedback right. too and then the important part is that over time you're reflecting on it and then then you can actually piece it together like you're talking about piecing all these little little pieces together right. and i think that's how it works in reality you learn more and more and more by going through those experiences and then you take the the outputs of those experiences or like you know in my case in the people yelling at me um one of the outputs that i didn't talk about was at the end of that you know i many times not all times i got uh, apologies and thank yous mm-hmm. and and that was a type of feedback for me and, you know, okay. it went from the, hey, I'm yelling at you in my front yard because your crew screwed this up badly and, uh, you know, whatever, to after it's after it's fixed and after, you know, people have calmed down and after I've had some of those really awkward conversations to to really fix and repair and, and go back to a place of trust and, mm-hmm. you know, change the behaviors, then it's, hey, wow, thank you. Yeah. I'm really sorry. Well, and, and it, you know, like you mentioned a few minutes ago, I mean, really, this is, you know, this is one of those places where that 80, 20 rule is really important because you, you do these assessments or you get the feedback, however you get it. And once you start getting an idea of, okay, this is what my strength is, then you focus on that, you know, and you, and you find ways to actually, you know, do that more, you know? So Scott, you messed up your painting more. So then you got those conversations. (laughs) Oh wait, (laughs) did that, did that not happen? Sorry. (laughs) Well, that part wasn't intentional. So (laughs) Yeah, and but, even though, you know the, I mean? yeah, it, it, exactly. You you get those experiences and, you know, for example, um, you know, I, I've had different people say, hey, you know, you're really good at um, writing. You know, Scott, you've told me that. Different people have told me. So, you know, I, I find ways at work and I find ways other places to incorporate that and try to do that more often. You know, I I volunteer to, to write something or I just write something that needs to be written or, you know, whatever it is. And I, I as you do that and as you say, as you... Um, you know, it's kind of trying to find a a good, a good analogy for it. Well, I think that that can be both intentional or necessitated, right? So like you in the case of writing, here's, you know, you making, you you taking on other responsibilities or volunteering or putting your name in for projects at work or whatever it happens to be, you know, all that can be intentional. However, uh, let's say that you put your name in the hat for a big project and that makes you uncomfortable, gets you way outside your comfort zone, but now you're committed. Now you have a deadline. Now you've got all this other stuff. Well, you might be decent at writing, but it's going to force you into mm-hmm. a different situation where then you are uncomfortable and then you're getting a new new and different experience in that area mm-hmm. that uh, potentially is one of your strengths, right? So that's kind of that's how it works too, you know, by interacting with people in, in some capacity and you can almost trick yourself into having those experiences by um, having a moment of clarity and being intentional about it. And then you're locked in. Right. I feel like what you're telling me is that no matter what I'm doing, I I can learn something from it. (laughs) Mm. Um, Whether you choose to, or you don't choose to, you can still make the best of it. It's definitely about the choice. That's for sure. But you know, it is true. I mean, you know, it, it's easy to get caught up in this while well, I'm just being, you know, forced to do this because I have to do it for this job I don't like. Yeah. But in those experiences, you can still find things that you're good at and you can still, you know, or you can cross things off the list and know what you're not good at. Or what isn't your signature strength? Maybe you're not necessarily bad at it, but you don't like doing it. Um, so that is important. And it's important to realize that if you're in the right mindset, 
you'll be able to narrow down what your strengths are, no matter what you're doing. Um, and no matter if you're, you love what you're doing already or, or if you hate what you're doing, um, either way, you can still begin to narrow those things down and get that experience and that practice doing those things so that you can, um, you know, figure out what your strengths are, but then start to, to hone them and get better at them. Um, you know, and, and intentionally or by necessity, um, keep doing them. And I think that's really the, the essence of learning and, and developing your strengths is, is finding opportunities, whether you choose to have them or, you know, they're presented to you, uh, to work on them and to discover, you know, whether you really do like doing them because there are different situations for every strength. And, you know, you might find that, you know, in two or three of the situations, yeah, I really like doing that. But then the next three, you might find you don't like doing it. So then maybe it's like, well, is this my signature strength? And you keep doing it and you keep doing it. And that's when you find whether the, the good outweighs the bad, um, I guess. And that's where you figure out, you know, what you really would love to be doing. Um, and here's a yeah. here's a, another real world example. So, like uh, I think of John, um, John, uh, one of our folks in our work you love John one stop Jacob Jingleheimer. Not that John. Oh. Not that John. But I mean, he he wants to get into design, right? Yeah, he does. And oh, you know, he, um, <laughs> the way that uh, that he's going about it right now is he is just starting to take on a, a few projects actually i guess not so coincidentally you know, i have a project that uh that i'm working with him on for you know revamping our website but you know how he how he got there was he just started acting and putting himself into situations that were probably a little bit uncomfortable for him and then by by doing so you know ended up with some necessitated discomfort because then you know started either built you know reaching out and, and getting responses or um like in the in the work you love one stop you know there was all of a sudden a bunch of people that that wanted and were willing to work with him on on a few design projects right mm -hmm. or at least explore the opportunity and mm -hmm. by doing that um you can you can get into both some of the and he's getting into both some of that intentional or necessitated discomfort because he's having to learn a lot in order to make those things happen. Right. Right. And through mm -hmm. that process, I have no doubt that he's going to understand more about what he really, really enjoys and what he really, really is great at. And then, you know, what he's quite frankly, not as good at. Right. And that's, that's, that's <laughs> right. kind of how it works. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and so, you know, once you figure these things out, then you have to, you know, like you said, then you apply them like he's doing. And I'm assuming he's pretty uncomfortable with that at times. Maybe not all the time, but <laughs> he will be. There's things if he that doesn't know he, yet. <laughs> oh, he will be. John, if you're listening now, run. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Quick before Scott can get you in something you don't want to be. In. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's what happens. You you start applying those strengths, and you figure out. Um, you know, you figure out that, that it is uncomfortable, but you're learning. And I think once you, once you realize it's your strength, it's a lot easier to be uncomfortable. That's what I found. Um, because you can fall back on that. You know, I'm really good at this and, and I do like doing it while it's hard and it's uncomfortable maybe at this point in time. And, and it's difficult, um, knowing that it's your strength and knowing that it might be your strength makes it a lot easier to be uncomfortable. And, and I think that's why, um, you know, we kind of laughed when we told, um, uh, told that one person that, uh, 
you're going to be uncomfortable the rest of your life because it's not necessarily a bad thing because once you know that it's your strength, you're okay with being uncomfortable. At least I am. And I think that's probably the, the experience with everybody. Uh, once you realize it's what you're supposed to be doing and what you're really good at doing, the uncomfort is uncomfortable, but it's not the end of the world either. You know, I, I don't know if I entirely agree with that. Um, of course you don't. Of course I don't. <laughs> maybe just maybe it's just a different spin on it and how I'm thinking about it. And maybe that's Let's all it is. It. But I, I, I sort of think about it as like if um, – as you start to peel back the stuff that uh, that that you know just doesn't work for you and you're and you're not as great at, and as you start to peel away some of that stuff and you start to really develop the things that you can be great at and start getting really good at them, and those things come more naturally, then um, then you know, quite frankly, that discomfort starts to go away when you focus on on many of those. Like for you, you know, that I'm going to call it an art. Is it okay if I call connection an art? <laughs> yeah. The science of connection. So, but it makes it, me sound sophisticated. Okay. All right. I like it. I'm going for sophisticated. I'm so an artiste. The, the art of connection. Connection. <laughs> I don't know what kind of accent that was, but, you know, the, the art of connection, yeah, that is something that probably was difficult for you at one point. Now I would say that that's not that difficult for you. And now it's about expanding your, uh, expanding your comfort zone in that area and, and, and pushing it more and more and more and more. And that's when you start to get into mastery. I think that's when you start to take it from some, something where, you know, this is, this is something I realize that I'm pretty good at. This is something I truly enjoy and, and can't stop doing. And, you know, now it's about yeah mastering it. And that's where you get into that one of the best in the world type things. So, you know, you, you couldn't stop connecting if, if you wanted to, right? Probably not. But that's really uncomfortable for a lot of people, right? It's, it's even, you know, that's even uncomfortable for me in a, in a lot of capacities. And I'd consider myself pretty good at um, some of those aspects, but it's not my, it's not my, you know, it's not one of my signature strengths. Right. Well, and it bears repeating again that just because you're good at something doesn't mean it's your signature strength. Yeah. And it's it's making that definition because if you just go with what everybody tells you you're good at, you could be really miserable your whole life. <laughs> I'll warn you about that now. Um, and I think a lot of people find I think a lot of people listening probably will realize that that's the situation they're in. They took somebody saying you're really good at that as that's what I should be doing. And that's not necessarily the case because we're all good at more than one thing. Um, and if we're good at it, but it makes us want to like, you know, slam our head in a door, eh, it's probably not a signature strength <laughs> and you probably shouldn't be doing it no matter how, how good you are at it. Um, and that's, you know, another one of those things that, you know, I know Scott, you've heard, and I've heard Dan Miller say a million times is just because you're good at something doesn't mean you should be doing it. And so that's where this trial and error and this, you know, doing different things and getting out of your comfort zone helps you find more than one strength so that you can figure out which ones are the signature ones, the ones that you really want to be doing and you're good at. That's the uh, the combo that's fantastic right there. Yeah. So this is turning into like our longest episode ever, which I'm loving the conversation, but <laughs> for those folks that uh, that made it all the way through to the end of our 17-hour episode, we'd probably better, better hey. wrap it up, I guess. Hey. So I warned them at the beginning that you it was going to be 54 days because oh, yeah. there's 77 million ways. I totally forgot about that. 
Yeah. Totally and so they were warned. So you, they were you got the disclaimer. But what, you know, <laughs> if you were to sum up your takeaways from all this conversation, what would you say? No I would say um, be, get okay with being uncomfortable. You know, change your mindset um, on what, how you think of unco- or discomfort um, because those are the places where you're going to find your signature strength and those are the places you're going to grow. Um, and, and that's difficult for people. I think that's a, a very hard, um, you know, if I'm quoting Stephen R. Covey, a paradigm shift. You know, that's, that's hard to do to get okay with being uncomfortable. None of us like to be uncomfortable, but if you can find a way to be okay with being uncomfortable sometimes, that's where you're going to find the strength, the growth, and that's where you're going to find what you're good at, and that's where you're going to really develop what you're good at. Um, and that's that's really the essence of, of learning your strengths is being okay with being uncomfortable and getting feedback, which is also uncomfortable at times. Yeah. The end. The end. All right. So I. What about you? What would you say? Well, you don't get out of this. What do I you don't think? get out of this. I don't just. No, you to, you got to tell us what you know. what you would say. I I think that it's uh, a little bit different, but along those same lines. I totally agree with everything is. that you. Of course it is. Of course <laughs> it is. Because it always is. But that's why there's right. two people here. We both got different right. strengths. We both look at things differently and. You know, whatever. But yeah, I'm right. You're wrong. I, ex, ex, it's not it's so just exactly. different. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> I think that my my biggest takeaway is, it, and this is something that I that I try to do, but talking about it reinforces it for me how much and how badly I need to continue this and and do it on a regular basis is building in those feedback loops. So there's lots of different ways to get feedback. And building in the feedback loop into that intentional discomfort so that both of those things happen all the time. And that just becomes part of your life. And that, you know, and you get better at that. That is a skill in itself. And that's a mm-hmm. skill will worth worth developing and worth learning, even if you're not great at it. Well, and I, I remember, um, not to interrupt you, sorry, but I remember Ken Blanchard hearing him say one time, the, the leadership guru, Ken Blanchard, yeah. that feedback is the breakfast of champions. And that seems like what you're kind of saying is, you know, that's the thing that's going to really help you, um, is getting that feedback. See, so, I mean, you can, you can certainly seek that out. You can certainly put yourself in situations where you're more likely to get feedback. Um, you can... Yeah, you know whether it's at at work. I, most of the folks that are uh, that are that listen to the show, you know, are in a job right now. Um, mm-hmm. Virtually all of <laughs> virtually all of you want to make a career change of some sort. Some folks are looking to get into a different job. Some folks are looking to start, you know, something on on their own, whether it be on the side or full time. And every single one of those things requires that you. <laughs> start to get good at this. Every single one of those mm-hmm. things st- requires that you get outside your comfort zone and build some of these feedback loops for yourself to learn more about yourself and what you can be great at. So right. that's, I mean, that's the commonality between all those different things. So start now. Start now. Go be uncomfortable. Go. <laughs> go. Don't make other people uncomfortable. That could turn out bad. But Yeah. 
be uncomfortable yourself. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to do the end for, <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> with a straight yeah. face. You know what? I here's here's what we'll do. I uh, I want to hear from you guys, and you know what what else you want to know about this subject. You know, shoot us an email, and or you know, put in the comments here on the, on the show notes. Um, I would absolutely love to hear about it. Um, any of the things that we've referenced, some of those assessments and everything else, the Strengths Finder 2.0. We'll we'll put uh, put show notes. I can't even talk. We're, we'll put links in those show notes. We'll put something in the show notes, right? Okay, Mark? <laughs> just go look in the show notes. Yeah, just, just go to the we'll show notes, okay? You know, we'll, we'll get all that stuff in there. But really, I'd love to hear from you what you are struggling with in finding your strengths. Because this is this is a major, 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 major topic that uh, that's going to make or break your career, for, quite frankly. Uh, the people that get good at this are the people that are going to be amazing in whatever it is that they choose to do. So now if you enjoyed this, one of the things that we would really appreciate is if you go to iTunes and leave us a rating or review or go to Stitcher and do the exact same thing. This helps people, other people find the show. It helps other people actually be able to learn about work that they love and what that actually looks like for them. And it allows us to keep having fun. So I'd really appreciate it. Take two minutes, leave us an honest review. Don't deny somebody else the opportunity to learn about (laughs) work they love. No pressure. Don't be selfish. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be selfish. On that note, thanks, everybody. We really appreciate you listening. (laughs) (laughs) So you're telling me that it's... It's not when people endorse you on LinkedIn? Well, maybe. I don't know. That's not automatically your signature strength? Well, I well, I mean, they endorsed you, so it must be, right? Obviously. <laughs> <laughs>